We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario, and I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. That guy right there is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we are going to continue our spring preview position by position because spring practice is a week from today. And uh, I'm pretty fired up about it to get to see some football live again, even though I'm guessing a week from today we'll just see them in helmets and probably no other padding whatsoever running around. But hey, I'll take what I can get. So today we are going to talk linebackers, uh, Brian. And this is a very intriguing group because of the influx of young talent and the production that returns. Uh, but we must first, well, f- let's go overview first and then we'll jump into what yeah. uh, what they lost. Well, I mean, look, this is a big year for linebacker because, you know, there's been... <clears throat> You know, we kind of discussed this last night on WSBT with, with Sean Styers that, you know, they're, they're going to have the third straight defensive coordinator, third straight new position coach, yeah. right? You're going to have new analyst, James Laronitis, Nick Lazinski's gone. Yep. So, like, the linebackers are completely out of their comfort zone. And part of me wonders if that might not be a good thing. Because I think that that what we've seen is there have been some flashes the last couple of years, but there hasn't been the level of quarterback play that is needed for this football team to really become what it needs to be on defense. Sure. And a big part of that is just the way the linebackers play in some of the bigger games. Like, they've been good, right? I mean, it's solid, good group. Good, solid group. But it hasn't been the group that it needs to be, and especially true in in some of the bigger games. They've had their moments. You know, I thought Shane Simon was really good against Clemson in 2020 in the regular season, and we've seen some games here and there. But the last couple seasons especially, uh, Osmar Bilal in 2019 was really good against Georgia, if you remember correctly. But overall, on the inside – it just hasn't been the, the caliber play we've seen. Now, Rover from uh, in a lot of the recent seasons has been really good. Drew Tranquil in 2017, obviously Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in 19 and 20. But inside, the play has to get a lot better. And it has to get a lot better without a team captain and a three-year starter. Yep. You know, it has to get it has to get better with some some major question marks with the position, guys coming back from injury. You know that missed last year. Guys that are are may not be limited that may be limited during the spring because they're coming back from you know off season stuff. Guys moving from positions. You've got a bunch of freshmen coming in. You got a new position coach. You're going to have a new GA working with them. You got a new analyst working with them. At the end of the day, all that stuff has got to be kind of like okay, guys, this is college football. That's part of life, right? Let's Absolutely. see you go out and do something. And so. You're now seeing the the 2019 linebacker class is now older. The 2018 linebacker class, which were supposed which was supposed to be so good, is now down to one guy. It's now or never for those two groups, and and that was the two groups that was supposed to like fix the linebacker problems at Notre Dame, and, and it really hasn't to this point. Now, 2017 helped because that gave us Drew White and Jeremiah Wusukoroa. Yeah. yeah. But 2018 and 2019 classes haven't lived up to the hype so far. This is their really their last chance to do it. And how how well they do that is going to go a long, long, long way towards determining whether this defense is really good 
like it has been in recent seasons, or this is going to be an elite defense that can be the primary reason why Notre Dame goes out there and competes for a championship this season. And so that's really what's at stake. And as we talked about, Vince is kind of the what's lost is they're going to have to do that without Drew White, who was not a spectacular player, but a very, but a good player. A the steady, last few seasons. A steady yeah. player. I mean, he was second on the team in tackles last year. Yep. Solid player had what nine tackles mm-hmm. for loss a couple of years ago. Great leader. I'll yes. say that solid player, great leader, Agreed. great kid. He's gone. Isaiah Pryor was a nice niche player for them last year. Yeah, 42 tackles. Worker. I mean, right. And yeah. and so you're losing that. And the replacements are going to be some up and coming players and some guys coming back from injury. So that's where the question marks persist. But I don't think this defensive, this this defensive group, this linebacker group is going to struggle because of what's lost. It's about whether or not what returns can stay healthy and play to its potential. To me, that that's the bigger question. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And I'll, I'll just, I'll throw out two other guys that are not returning to the team. You got Shane Simon, who was injured all last year, obviously. And he what he had a very up and down career at Notre Dame. And then you've also got uh, uh, Paul Moala, who never really had an opportunity to live up to his potential because of injuries, right? you know? And so he's transferring right. out. And of course we wish him none, nothing but the best uh, local product here, went to Penn high school, in Mishawaka and absolutely dominated the high school scene. No question about that. Holy smokes. But, um, you know, would have liked to see him be successful at Notre Dame, but in, it was injuries. I mean, it's nobody's fault. When he got a chance. He was. He was good. And that, that's the thing is, is you know, but that was kind of the that was kind of the issue with last year's defense. Yeah, right. Like you know, you had some potential. Yes. Shane Simon got hurt, but remember, Shane was down to third team by the yes. time he got hurt. Right. Absolutely. And and you because he had got beaten out by JD Bertrand, but the, you know, Maris Lufau was was expected to be their best linebacker last year, according to sources, you know, you, you, you know, what was Isaiah Pryor going to bring? And so, you know, but he was, he was struggling to, you know, battle with Paul Moala, then he gets hurt. Right. And then Shane Simon gets hurt. So when Maris got hurt, it would have been nice to have a guy like Shane Simon to kind of yes. step in as a rotation guy. Right. Well, when he got hurt, you know, JD had to play a lot of snaps last year. Absolutely. He went from being a guy that hardly ever played to playing er- almost every down. Right. That was a lot to put on him, and I think he wore down late in the year. I think that's also part of of the deal with JD, and that's partly why I feel like 
if he can be healthy in 2020, and we'll kind of get into to, to him here in a little bit, but if he can be healthy in 2022, I'm uh, going backwards, <laughs> and, and, and you can have sort of that deeper rotation. Right. I've brought this up several times, Vince. I brought it up last night with, with Sean. Remember the 2017 group that was a really good linebacking core, and it was a trio of Niles Morgan, Greer Martini, and Tavon Coney. And Tavon played kind of Mike and Will, and he rotated. He only started half the year, but he had over 100 tackles and like 13 tackles for loss. And I thought the thing that was nice about that group of linebackers is they all kind of were able to stay fresh because they all kept rotating with each other throughout the year. And if you can have a three to four man legitimate rotation this year, then all of a sudden JD doesn't wear down in November. Like and you're talking about year. those two inside spots, correct? Three to four, correct? Two spots, correct? Yeah. Correct? Because Rover's a different animal. Absolutely. We'll get, that. we'll get to that here in a little bit, but right. You know, we're kind of folks right now on the inside. Yes, the I just wanted to clarify for people. Yeah. So there's just there's just so many questions. There's there's so much returning. There's yeah. talent. Here's the two things I can guarantee about this linebacking core. And this I you can take to the bank. They're going to be longer and they're going to be more athletic than they were last year. Because again, you didn't have Maris Lewifow last year. Again, we're just compared to last year. Right. You you didn't have the freshman last year. Right, like that group alone of the four freshmen plus plus Maris adds a lot of length and a lot of athleticism. Now, will it be a better group? That we don't know. It remains to be seen. But yeah. th- there's this thought that, like somebody even said it, ICURN with Irish Luck is Flat losing White, yeah. the equivalent of losing Joe Schmidt. No, he was a much better player yeah. than Joe Schmidt, much better athlete than Joe Schmidt. Like Drew White was a good football player. He wasn't a football player that was going to help you beat Bama. Right. He wasn't a football player that's going to help you beat, you know, Clemson more basically because of you, because of him. He was a good football player. Joe Schmidt was a guy that should never have been starting in a place like Notre Dame. Right. Or really playing. And there's a reason a he was a walk on. I mean, it, right. as a start. And that's not he, a knock on Joe. No. I love that kid. You and know he, what I mean? Like he, and everything he stood for. Busted through the ceiling that you know, everybody thought that he, I mean, he, right. he overachieved at Notre Dame. Right. There's no question, but it's still. But Drew White could play at Notre Dame. Right. Right. Now, in a perfect world, Drew would have been a rotation guy. Right. Right. But, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, so losing Drew White's going to sting a little bit more than some people think if other guys don't step up. Right. Right. But I also think it's a situation where, because of who's emerging and the potential and things like that, it could end up being a better group. But I think there's assumption, this assumption that it's going to be better because Maris is back and Bo Bauer. Look, Bo Bauer is going to replace Drew White. and He's better than Drew White. Well, if that was true, then he would have started. Yep. Right now, you can't just say like, you know, oh, well, you know, Brian Van Gorder started Joe Schmidt. That was one coach. Two coaches, Clark Lee and Marcus Freeman, thought that Drew White was better than Bo Bauer. And Bo Bauer is one of Brian Kelly's favorite players. And I'm not saying that as an insult. That's, I mean, I, I, I'd i probably be one of my favorite players too, Vince. I know he's one of your favorite players. <laughs> yeah, Bo's a great absolutely, kid. Absolutely, yeah. But trust me, there was, a, there was a push from Brian Kelly to try to get Bo on the field more. There's a reason they didn't put him on the field more because those other guys were better. So Bo's got a lot to prove too, you sure. know? And so everybody does. And that's what's going to make this a very intriguing situation is, mm-hmm. is there's – there's a lot of assumptions about how good this group is going to be. I would say I'm not nearly as convinced it's going to be there, but if it gets there, that's where you say this group has a, has the potential potential to be their best linebacking core since 2018. And I would argue even better if the Rover can get figured out. But as far as the inside, it has a chance to be as good as the 2018 group, which was really good with yeah. Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil. And, yeah, and I and I think the the biggest thing you're gonna you're gonna miss from Drew was his leadership. I mean, and, and I'm not sure who that guy is going to be just yet in that room. Who's going to be the clear cut leader? You know, maybe there won't be a guy with a C on his chest in the linebacker room. I mean, that's that's possible. Um, but I think that's where you're going to see the biggest loss from Drew White. Again, I echo your thoughts that he he was a good linebacker. He was, he's a really good linebacker. He just lacked some of that length and. That hurt him at, at times, right? That was it. That was 90, the only thing that got right. him in trouble. 90% of the time, 90% of the opponents that, that Notre Dame, probably more than that, 95% of the opponents that Notre Dame played against 
Drew White was fine, yeah. right? But it, it's that 5%. And when we talk about Notre Dame taking that next step, it's that 5% right. that's really, really important. So that that's where we're at with Drew White. I, I, he's going to be missed. There's no question about it. He's going to be missed. But his production is replaceable if right. the right guys step up. And that's kind of, you know, where we need to move forward with. Right. Yep, that's it. That's it. So potential's there. We just got to see whether or not they're going to get there or not. Yes, absolutely. So, Brian, I want to ask, so we're talking about guys, you know, the group as a whole needs to step up. They need to take that next step. So how do we quantify that? What does that look like as far as this group improving as a whole? It's going to be, it's going to manifest itself in two ways. Number one, you got to make more plays. The linebackers as a whole, I thought, made fewer plays last year than they had in previous years. In previous years, we at least saw them step up and make some plays. Now, part of that was because there was no Jeremiah Wusakorbo, right? I mean, yeah. that's just <laughs> yeah. the reality of it. But but e- even in previous years, I mean, you know, the, the year before, Jeremiah Wusakorbo had eleven tackles for loss. Drew White had nine. Right. Right. And, and then last year, you look at you know J.D. Bertrand had seven. The next closest linebacker after him was Drew White with four and a half. Bo Bauer had four. Isaiah Pryor had three. I mean, and then you had one from Jack Kaiser. I mean, the whole linebacking core barely had as many tackles for loss as Jeremiah Wusukoromoa did, and they had fewer than Owusu and Drew White did as a as a unit. So they've got to make more plays, and they have to limit the mistakes. That was the big thing last year. Is the linebacking core last year was solid all year. They didn't make enough plays, and they gave up some big plays in some yeah. bad times. Right, and it wasn't a lot; it just happened at key times. I think of, you know, Jack uh, J.D. Bertrand, you know, not making plays in the backfield when he had chances against North Carolina to bring Sam Howell down. Him and Drew White both had chances in that game. I think of J.D. on that on the drive right before halftime against Oklahoma State on first down, perfectly designed blitz. He comes free, untouched. He's got Spencer Sanders in his sights, and he whiffs. Sanders takes off running. Next thing you know, Oklahoma State goes down and scores. It's 28-24 or 28-14. They get the ball to start the third quarter. They score. Next thing you know, it's 28-21. You take a 28-7 lead in the halftime, that game's over. Agreed. And and that first and 10 in there deep in their own territory late in the half, that kills that drive most likely. And so you can't miss those. I think of late in the game when when Notre Dame needed a stop to put that game away and Jack Kaiser gets beat up the seam. You, you can't you, – in those moments, you can't have that. And, and what separated last year's group from previous year's groups is I remember like 2019 against Georgia. When the defense needed to step up and make a play against Georgia and make a stop, they made stops, right? Uh, in 2020 it, – it's hard to evaluate 2020 because the opponents were just so bad. Yeah, I agree. Right? But in, in 2018, it's like Drew Tranquil, 2017. Drew Tranquil or Tavon Coney, one of those dudes is going to make a play when you needed to make a play. Right. They were we didn't see that from the yeah. linebacking core last year. They were just kind of there. Yeah, they are just kind of – I mean, right. like you said, they most of the time they did their job, but – Not great. Was, but it was right. not great, and there was it not – I would yeah. argue it's Drew White's least productive year. I mean, statistically, yeah. it's clear. We were looking for him to take a step year. up, and he kind of either stayed the same right. or kind of dropped down a little right. bit. I mean, and part of it is learning a new defense. They were learning a new defense last that's year. That's true. You know, he was playing in different roles and different scenarios and situations as opposed to, you know, the previous four years. He had played four years in the same defense because Clark Lee kept the same defense right. Mike Loco brought. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for it. But also Marcus Freeman, his defense puts linebackers in tougher situations where you got to step up and make a play. Right. Like I need right. you to be a playmaker. I'm not. I can't protect you. With, I'm not going to protect you at the front because we're trying to be a difference-making defense, right. not a defense that's just steady Eddie, but then gets beaten the bigger yeah. game. Which is kind of what's happened in Notre Dame. Really good phrase, steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. I feel like this group last year was kind of just steady. They're well, steady, I, but I think that's yeah. what they were in years before too. It's like against the they were just they they were never great, but they were always just kind of good yeah. in twenty and nineteen. Yeah, I'm talking about the inside backers, right? Again, right. Rover right. is a different deal, but the inside backers were just kind of they just kind of did their job, but they were protected by the front and they were protected by you know really good safety play. Yes, Marcus Freeman needs linebackers that are going to be more playmakers. Yes, absolutely. That's the difference on the inside, and so. That's what last year's group was put in position, and then they kind of got exposed as they're not that kind of guy. They're not that kind of group yet. 
And the one guy that could have been that type of player got, got hurt. hurt in fall camp. Yep. And and so because he was all over, I mean in the in the fall I mean he was literally everywhere I mean he was all over the place and he was the guy that was making plays and when you needed him to make a play and again it was practice okay it was practice so so but you got to show it there first you know I mean when the defense needed to play he was making it and one guy can make a huge difference I, I will say that from a, for a, a linebacking core because if one guy is just making plays. It opens up opportunities for other guys. And there, there just wasn't that guy last year. The biggest thing that right now, Vince, as we kind of transition into this, the first big question to me for this spring is what's going to happen to Mike Linebacker? Yes, agreed. And it's twofold. Number one is who's going to play there? And number two, who's going to step into that role? And the first part of that question is obviously is, is does J.D. Bertrand move inside? Right. According to a source that I talked to last night, I do believe J.D. is going to move inside. The concern, however, is – or the not concern. The question I have is he's had – like a lot of players, they had a lot of stuff kind of cleaned up after the year, surgically, medically, and stuff like that. So I don't know if he's going to be full go from day one on. Like gotcha. He's going to be out there, but I don't know if he's going to be like – full participation the whole spring it's an unknown i'm not saying he's not i'm saying i don't know if he is but i my understanding is he will be moved to mike this spring is my understanding now that could change between now and whenever but that's my understanding and so great battle i i i think it's a great battle but the thing about it is is what we do also know is the way that marcus freeman likes to play you don't have to win the job to play only right Right. You've got to win. You've got to be one of two to play. Yes. The question is going to be, is it an 80-20 split? Is it a 70-30 split? A 60-40 split? A 50-50 split? That's going to be determined by how well the number two guy does. Mm -hmm. And if JD does, in fact, move, then it becomes a battle between JD and Bo Bauer. Right. And, you know, Bo is a guy that is tantalized for a while. But I'll say this. I do feel... I do feel that J.D. Bertrand, if he plays like he did last year, is going to be even better just if he just does what he does last year. So no improvement from tackling, no improvement in coverage, none of that, no improvement whatsoever. He just doesn't take a step back. If J.D. Bertrand's the same dude in 2022 that he was in 2021, which I think is the odds of that happening are probably kind of slim because most guys do get better from the first year they've ever played to the second, but even if he doesn't, he will be a more impactful football player because he's going to play a position that better suits his skill set. That's the thing for me. The will linebacker is a space player. Exactly. You have to play in space. And that requires athleticism and length. JD is actually a pretty good athlete. This is an area where I think a lot of people miss the boat with JD Bertrand. That kid's athletic. The problem is he's small. And I don't mean small and like weight wise, because that's not as relevant in today's game as it was 10 years ago. I mean, small as in he's barely six feet tall and he doesn't have very long arms, similar to Drew White. Exactly. What he has over Drew, however, is JD is a more naturally powerful player at the point of attack than Drew was. He's better at taking on blocks and block destruction, and he seems on film longer than Drew was. So I think when you put him a mic, His instinctiveness is going to fit right really well there because he's an instinctive player. His speed is really good. His change of direction is really good. And he'll be able to play with more power than what we've seen from from the from Drew. Again, this isn't a knock on Drew. It's just it's an observation. Right. And so I also think it limits the amount of space he's going to be in. He's not going to be running up the seam against slot receivers or tight ends. He's not athletic enough, as as most linebackers aren't. He's not athletic enough to just purely run with a bunch of slot guys who he is the same size as lengthwise. Whereas a guy like Marist is 6'3 and long arms, and it's you can make up for a lack of speed with that length. JD couldn't do that. And so that wasn't the, the position that best suits his ability, in my opinion. At Mike, his skill set becomes much more effective. It's kind of like Josh Lug. If you move Josh Lug into guard, and, and he's the same guy he was last year, he's a better guard. He's better just by the move because it better suits his skill set. Same thing with JD and Mike. So I think that alone, assuming he's healthy, 
is partly why Bo Bauer doesn't have to get a lick better. JD doesn't have to get a lick better for the Mike linebacker position to be better in 2022. Agreed. If JD moves. Now, that doesn't mean it's good enough. It just means it's going to be better. The question is now is can it get better where they can go play with Ohio State? They can go beat Clemson. They can go beat USC. They can go beat BYU. They can go play Georgia and Bam in the postseason and beat them. Beat, you know what I mean, Vince? That's the question. It has to get way better than last year to do that. Right. But I at least expect it to be better. That is the first thing I think that I would would say I feel good about when you look at this this defense looking into 2022 at the inside linebacker positions. Well, and, and I, I I really am looking forward to this battle because I agree with you. I think it's going to be a battle between those guys. And then you might you might get like a junior to Alamaka. He's he'll be in there battling as well but I, I would be surprised if, if he overtook these two guys as a true freshman um who's supposed to still be a senior in high school um but at the same time you know I, I've shown my affinity for Bo I, I know where his weaknesses are as well I I would not really want him to be a full-time all the time starter I love this rotation of JD and Bo and I think from a situational standpoint I think that combo can be really, really good. I really do. And I, and I think that you might see, depending on who Notre Dame is playing, you might see Bo start a game. You might see JD start a game. You know, I think that there can be a real good timeshare there that can benefit this defense. I don't think either one of those guys, because you talked about it earlier with JD at will, there was nobody to come in for him. Right. I mean, he was on the field all the time. Yeah, And he's going to be better off if you take some of those reps away mm -hmm. and he can play at a higher level for a longer period of time. So I, I think that this battle is actually, they're going to make each other better. It's going to kind of be that iron. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if I would agree with that part, Vince. I, I think because we've seen Bo Bauer in these battles before and it hasn't made him a better player. And, 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 and that's, that's the thing is like, look, I, I don't disagree with anything you've ever said about Bo as a talent. And, you know, there's a, a comment in the in the chat about somebody saying like, "Oh, they got to get faster." Speed is not the problem with Bo Bauer. Bo Bauer can flat out run. Oh no, quite. That's uh, why he's on special teams. That's why he's phenomenal on special teams. You know right. what I mean? Like JD can run. the 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 concern is for those two players is is two different things. For JD, it's this: it's you've got to clean up your game. I think that putting him in tighter quarters, hopefully helps him to play under control more. He played out of control too much last year. And that's when he would get in trouble is when he was out of control, doesn't come to balance, doesn't Which is why have a good base. And being in the dime package, but that's a different conversation. You're talking about JD? No, Bo. I'm like, talking about JD. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about JD. JD needs to be able to play under control more. Gotcha. Right? Like I thought as a will, he felt like I, you know, I, I felt like he didn't trust himself enough and he would kind of go into places out of control and, and not come to balance, not – break down, you know, not, he would, that's why he would miss tackles in the backfield. And so he's got to, he's got to clean up the technical parts of his game. That's what I thought got JD in trouble last year is the technical, you know, using your hands correctly, you know, making sure that, that you're coming to balance when you strike, you know, things that you'd expect a guy that's never been in the lineup and is then thrust into a full-time role to make, oh, right? Like, yeah, you know, and so that's the thing is like, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily surprised by by that. I mean, I, it's understandable. I mean, I that that happens. But as you also mentioned, you know, he he played a lot of snaps yeah. last year, and I think that's part of it too. Is he wore down a little bit? He had 700. And he played 752 snaps last year. In 2019, the last time Notre Dame had a 13 game season, they never. Asmar Bilal led the way with 684 snaps. Drew White had 621 snaps. You go look at 2018 is the last time you kind of get back to that time when the linebackers played that many snaps, and it was Tavon Coney had over 900, and Drew Tranquil had almost 800. And if you remember, those guys wore down late in the year, right? You know, and and, right. and you, you you that's way too many snaps, way too many snaps. But he had to do it, right? And, and Tavon and Drew were fifth-year seniors and seniors who had been in the weight room for four years and those type of things. And so they were a little bit better conditioned to handle that than J.D. was last year as a redshirt sophomore. Actually, he was a night – yeah, so redshirt sophomore who had never been in the rotation. So I think I think those are the areas where Drew has – J.D. has to clean up his game. Bo's thing is, is a different deal. Bo's big. He's long. He can run. He's powerful. 
Bo's problem is just he doesn't do what he needs to do. He doesn't he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He freelances he, too much. Yeah. I mean, and just he's very he's a very undisciplined football right. player. Not this isn't a criticism of him personally. It's just right. he, he doesn't show me great instincts right. so far. And here's what that means. <clears throat> when you're a linebacker, you sort of have the freedom to do certain things in some defenses and other defenses. This is your, your job. You are hitting the B gap, right? If the balls run at you, you're a B gap guy. If the ball's away from your weak side, a gap, right? That's what a lot of teams will do in this defense last year. They market the one difference. And this is part of the reason that the production wasn't as good last year. And it's going to sound, it's isn't going to make sense when I say it, but let me explain. In Clark Lee's defense and Mike and, and Mike Elko's defense and especially Clark Lee's defense, Clark Lee was very—I don't know how else to say this—but uh, detail-oriented. That's a nice way to say it. I was going to say something else. Yeah, I know you were. And very detail-oriented, and it was this is your job. You have the B gap, right? And it was do your job. Marcus Freeman understands that in order to beat the best teams on the schedule, you have to be able to go out there and make plays. And it means that, like, look, this is your responsibility, but then I'm also going to give you the freedom to go make a play here. For Bo Bauer, that was like kryptonite because Bo needs the discipline because Bo has a tendency to freelance anyway. And what that means is, is Bo will over-pursue a play. So, like, you know, he's got to hit the B-gap on this particular play, and he'll just hit – he'll miss it by a full gap, which means that ball's going right there into the B-gap, and it's going to be a big play. I mean, you saw this in the bowl game. You know, I, I didn't notice it live. We talked about it. Somebody in the chat actually mentioned, like, hey, don't you think he overpursued? And I was like, I didn't I didn't really break the game down again. I went back and watched it again. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see some of those times where, yes, Bo was, again, over-pursuing and allowed cutback lanes, right? right? And those are the kind of mistakes that a Mike linebacker cannot make. No, because it don't – Because it's the difference between a two-yard gain and a 50-yard gain. Right. And and he just does that way too much, which is why a guy who's 6'3", 230, I'll, I'll bet you Bo runs in the four fives. I'll, uh, yeah. At the very least, low four sixes. I'll bet. He I'll bet move. you he does. Yeah. He can flat out run. And But if you're doing all that, but you're not where you need to be, it, it, give me the 5'11", 4'8", guy that's going to be where I need him to be. You know what I mean? Like, that's the deal. And, and that's Bo's problem. And it's it's not even about ironing sharpening iron because Bo's been here before. It's can you do your job snap after snap after snap? The reason he has been effective in some of the nickel packages is because by nature that is a freelancing type of role. Go win on this pass rush here, right? And then what also has made Bo effective is when he's in coverage out of the nickel package he's been more effective we saw him last year against oklahoma state they tried to want to run a wheel route on him he was beat initially just from an alignment standpoint and he showed he could run he caught right. that dude right and made a great play on it that's the athleticism but he that's your assignment you have the back right and he did it well but then later in the game when he's playing in more of a base defense is when he starts making those mistakes so that's why Bo has been a more effective third down player than he has others and it shows he has the athleticism to be good in coverage he doesn't have the instincts, or let me phrase, hasn't shown the instincts at this point in time. If that light goes on for Bo Bauer, then that's where you see the difference. And you know, the whole time I'm talking, do you know what you know what player I'm thinking about? Is Bo gonna be the next Osmar Bilal or not? Because everything I'm saying about Bo Bauer is exactly what we said about Osmar yeah, Bilal. You're right. And and never showed the instincts, never showed the feel for the game, none of those things. And All Bo's been way more productive. Here in my opinion, Asmar was. Oh, no, absolutely. And Asmar, finally, the light click, clicked on for Asmar, and he had a great – he had a really good senior year. Great for him. Really good relative to what it needed to be. It was a really good player. If the if the light goes on for Bo, I mean, he he him and J.D. could form a, a monster middle linebacker tandem. I'm, I'm talking like 140-tackle combination – 12, 13 tackles for loss. I mean, that's the kind of production that Mike linebacker could give in this defense as a one-two punch if those two – if Bo makes that shot. Like, I'm actually kind of confident that J.D. is going to be a good football player. Right. That's why I have him projected number one at the Mike position. I mean, even though he may not be 100%, and I'm not 100% certain he's even going to move there. My sources are telling me he will, but we won't really know till March 17th. And even then we may not – I mean – Right. There's always a chance guys move around. Yeah. 
the point, however, is like, so like JD, I'm confident in. I think JD is going to be a good football player. I think the mic is going to be good for him. The guy that's the big question mark for me is Bo. Yeah. And what can Bo do? And if if, if like the light goes on. Feeling, man, I, I just, and I know that sounds a little homerish, and I, I get it because I've always liked what Bo, Bo Bauer brought to the table from an athletic standpoint, and you you outlined everything that he does really, really well. He just hasn't hit that ceiling yet. Like he's got a higher ceiling than he has shown since he's been at Notre Dame. And I'm really hoping that he reaches that this year. This is a great opportunity for him to find that ceiling. Like you said, the one-two punch of Bo and JD, I think could be really, really good. And I don't, I don't give a crap who the one is. I really don't. If they can play off of each other, you know, and make that position what it could be, I think that. The, I think this could be great. I, I think it could be really good. I really do. Now, uh, the other the other part of this was we look at this mic battle is I expect it day one, based on what I'm being told. Again, this things change all the time, but this is what I'm told as of last night. You're going to see JD and Bo ballot Mike. It's not out if they don't perform well early, however, don't be shocked if they start giving Prince Collie some mic reps at hmm. some point in time. Because if we're going to have guys that are making mistakes and not making plays, I'm putting my best athlete on the field. there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and, and cause as of right now, Prince is going to start at will behind Marist and we'll transition to that position, that position, right. those two guys next. But that's the other thing is, and Hey, look, there's two freshmen that are going to start off at Mike in the, in the fall and spring practice too. Uh, junior to Alamaca and Josh Burnham are both going to, my understanding is going to start off at Mike at, at the very beginning of fall camp. I don't think they put both of them there by accident. Obviously, we knew Junior was going to be there. But from what I'm told, Burnham has had a monster winner, just crushing it in the weight room. And those two kids can flat out play. Yeah. Don't think that Marcus Freeman and now Golden won't hesitate, won't hesitate to put one of those two young kids in the game if Bo and JD don't get the job done. One or the other don't get the job done. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. Bo's got to – this. that's why this is also a big period for Bo. You know, and – I'll have some Huge. comments I want to share with you off the air, Vince, about about that. But okay. uh, you know, I I'm very curious as going they got they better step up. Bo better step up quick in the spring, because if he's still making the same mistakes he's always made, there's there's just isn't there's not a lot of patience when a fifth year senior does stuff. Oh like yeah, that. agreed. So he's going to have to step up. But if he does, Vince, Bo's got a chance to yeah. be a really good football player. We, we do have a defense. We do have a super chat that applies to this, so I want to get it in here before we move on to uh, the will. Corey D, thank you very much. He says, would Kaiser, would Kaiser and Bertrand be starting for Georgia or Alabama? No. That tells you everything that you need to know. That said, the future looks great. Uh, okay, what, what do I say to that? Not every kid that starts in Notre Dame is going to start at Bama, and not every kid that starts at Bama can start in Notre Dame. Right. It's about your unit. So, you know, and we haven't even talked about Kaiser yet. So, but J.D. Bertrand's a different animal. J.D. Bertrand is a good football player. All right. And and I understand why people don't view him that way because of his size and other aspects about what he looks like. But whatever. You can go win a championship with J.D. Bertrand. I'm sorry. I, I no one's going to convince me otherwise. Now, do if I have 11 J.D. Bertrands, am I going to win a title? No. But J.D. Bertrand in his role is surrounded by other really good players. You can have it. You can win a championship with. I'm sorry, you can. So, you know, I, I get that he's like the new whipping boy now, right? Of Notre Dame fans, for whatever reason, I, I've noticed that, which kind of is a little strange to me, to be completely honest with you. But that kid can play, and he he just, I mean, just had over 100 tackles on an 11 and two football team in his first year in the rotation, playing, in my opinion, out of position. JD Burnshire is a good football player, and if that's the guy that's going to kind of catch your wrath. You, you need to rethink that a little bit. You know, could he start at Alabama? I don't know. But I know for a fact there's guys going to be playing at Alabama this year that couldn't start at Notre Dame. Right? That's just the way it goes. Exactly. And it, it just, you know, it, it is what it is. But but the kid can play. Yes. The kid can flat out play. He can yep. run. He's got instincts. He can play. Right? And you give me a redshirt sophomore who had 100 tackles in his first year in the lineup, that's a good football player. Right. Right. And, and the schedule upticked a little bit last year too, compared to what it was in previous years, offensively, the overall schedule wasn't that great, but they played better offenses last year than they've played yes. in past years. Absolutely. Cause in 2019, they didn't play that many good offenses to be honest with you. Last year they did. They played more good offenses and JD played well. That's a good football player. So, I mean, 
yeah. take take that for what it is. But anyway, let's move on to the to the yes. to the will stuff. Let's talk will because you know going back to last spring and fall, watching Maris run around, Maris Luafile run around and just make plays was like. Ooh, it's gonna be fun and 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 jd as well like those were the two guys i don't know if you remember like when we would talk about practice and we were talking about guys that were standing out it was it was marist and it was jd and it's like wow there, there's gonna be some plays being made you know at that will position of course jd potentially moving inside marist coming back from that injury that was a devastating injury for for the defense for notre dame there's no question about it um and he's coming back and i'm Curious to see what the expectations are going to be for Marist because they were so high in the fall and he didn't even have a chance to really answer the expectations. And now you've had a whole offseason to just to allow those expectations to even get higher. That's a lot of pressure on this kid, but I still think he can play the game. Well, I, I told you I had a conversation with a coach at Notre Dame last year before the season and and this was after we had heard that 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 Maris had a little bit of a rough spring, just kind of adapting to the yes. new defense and you know making some mistakes. But by the end of spring and going into summer, he was killing it. And early in fall camp, I mean, we were we were being told, and and I think you saw one, Vince. Wasn't there one where he like blitzed off the edge? They tried to throw over him, and not even like he batted it down, but he actually like caught it, it. off. Like yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, just like dude, dude makes some really athletic plays. And you got to remember, Maris's first year or two of high school was a corner. Because he was a he could really run and he's got the length that you I mean he's six three he's got really long arms and he can flat out fly and I was told by that coach last year that he is by he and this is the uh, uh, as direct quote as I can remember being by far has the most upside of anybody we have a linebacker high ceiling is what right. he said and that's saying something because there's there's some talent there right it's not elite talent it's not what it, like it was in 2018 but but there was some good talent there. So when I, when I look at a guy like Maris, it's like what you were missing last year, he brings to the table. Yes. And Ryan Roberts is even higher on Maris than I am, and he loves him. You know, he's watched the film, and he's like, look, yes, here's the issue with Maris in 2020. He was out of position at times. As he was a redshirt freshman. It was his first year in the lineup. He would make some really impressive wow plays, or he would play where like, wow, did you see the range on that? Mm -hmm. did you see how much ground he covered but it was kind of like we would kind of joke about brendan clark as a quarterback like man did you see how beautiful that throw was like yeah. coming out of his hand in a perfect spiral it, like okay it didn't land anywhere close to a receiver but man it looked good <laughs> but it looked pretty and that would be maris like did you see how fast he was yeah. did you but he's like totally missed the the gap and totally did the wrong assignment but right. man he can run you know it's like you know, that's that was the thing but what we were told is in fall camp, the reason Maris was playing so good is because he'd finally kind of cleaned things up a little bit. He was playing more disciplined football, he was playing under control because Maris is a super high energy kid. Yes, no like, question. You know, there's the expression like, you know, play with your hair on fire. Well, imagine his hair on fire with all the hair he has. Like that, but that's how he plays. Yeah. You know, and the thing for Marcus Freeman last year was the task was for him was going to be, and now it's the task for Al Golden is going to be you have to harness that you don't want him to lose the energy you just need to, be able to harness it and be and be a more disciplined form of it because that's going to be the key because what you can't have with marist is he's going to make some as long as he's healthy he is going to make some impressive highlight real plays wow. I mean, he's yeah. he's going to have some sacks where he just comes flying off the edge and strips the quarterback of the ball or does what you talked about like just jump up and instead of it batting it down he's going to pick it off or you know he's going to make a play where he's going to you know pivot on a wheel route and just pick that sucker off or something like that like he's going to make plays like that but what he can't then can't do is not cover the seam route right and and with you know hit the wrong gap on a run play or or be out of control on a blitz like we saw last year like he's got to clean that stuff up if maris cleans that up the will linebacker is the playmaking position in this defense He's going to put up crazy numbers this year if he can be a more disciplined player. And that, to me, is the excitement is I feel like if you, by moving J.D. to Mike and if Marist is what he is, right, that right there, forget what Bo and Prince and the freshman, that right there, if those two things happen, and really just the one thing, if just the one thing of Marist saying this is my job and I'm going to be really good at this, 
that makes you more comfortable moving JD. And if JD's just the same guy he was, but at Mike, right there, that's a big jump at linebacker compared to what it was last year. Yes. From a playmaking standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint, all of those things. But you're right. He needs to clean up. Like you, you get excited about those guys that play with their hair on fire, that just kind of just nut balls on defense. You know what I mean? And I mean that in a great, I mean, I mean that well, right? Um, because that's what you, I mean, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I want guys flying all over the field, you know, just, just wreaking chaos and havoc and all of that, right? I want that from a defense, mm-hmm. but you also have to play under control to a degree because if you let that seam route go wide open, that's a touchdown, right? Because right. you're not keying your, you know, running right. your key, all of these different things. So if he can harness that, if he can harness his energy and right. his, his amazing athletic ability and all of those different things, man, it is going to be so much fun right. to watch. Right. So much fun to watch. Right. And, and, and it just alone, that alone makes you, cause here's the other thing too, is if he plays better at will, then you don't need to drop your, your Viper as much. And you can allow that to be more of a true pass rushing situation. And then also if you are going to drop your Viper, you have a more effective blitzer at will than you had last year. So it just, it, 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 again, the best players are the guys that not only p- handle their position well, but their success make people around them better. Those are the best players, right? Right, And that's what I think Maris can bring to the table it is his ability to cover, his coverage potential, his range, his speed, his length. If he can harness it all, is a really good player that makes the mic better. It makes the Viper better. You can take more chances with a Jason Adamiola on a on a hey look Jason on this particular play you just got to win right because Maris is going to run fit behind you wherever you go if it's a run you know what I mean and that's because you know, what sometimes we'll do is just say hey look the three techniques just got to win here I don't know if he's going to go a gap or b gap we just need him to win you got to fit off of him so if he goes b you got to hit a if he goes a you got to hit b there's got to be right. some of that right a little bit of freelancing there. I think those are the areas where you say, hey, look, this is this is going to have some potential. And that, that's why I'm kind of excited about what, you know, what Al Golden can bring to the table is because, you know, I mean, he 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 worked with some really athletic dudes at Cincinnati and was yeah. able to kind of get them kind of harness their control. ability, like Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and get them to play at a very high level, at a very they disciplined like so level. Well. Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and the other part, too, is even though it's a new D coordinator and a new linebackers coach, it's still going to be the same system, basically. Right. Right. And so I think there will be some uh, there will be some a lot more carryover from 21 to 22 than there was from 20 to 21. That should help the linebackers as well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So there's obviously been some chat, and you brought him up before, but that's Prince Kali. I mean, he came in very heralded. Saw a little bit of time here and there last year, right? And then now is kind of his opportunity to really make some waves because he can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And and I think you mentioned he's going to start out at will, but they're not afraid to move him wherever they need to to push whoever that needs to be pushed to get him on the field. And I think – I personally think his best spot could be will. Mm-hmm. For the all the same reasons that you just used for Maris – Right. I, I feel like Prince can be that guy too and make right. a ton of plays at will. I, I think Prince can play wherever. Yes. I mean, that, that's the thing is like, yeah. he, he can play wherever. And, and, you know, you talked about last year, it was the weirdest thing. Like when he, his first real action came against Navy and he looked lost. 
I, you know, I remember like this kid has no clue what he's doing. He yet. Like I mean, he really you know, he looked like a freshman beyond. I mean, he looked like <laughs> like this kid has no clue yes. what to do. I know. I remember. But two yeah. weeks later against Georgia Tech, I'm like, that's not the same kid that we saw just two weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Because what happened was it was like three straight games where he was able to get some playing time. He got 14 snaps against Navy. He got over 20 snaps against Virginia. And then he got 17 more against Virginia Tech. And then all of a sudden you're like, uh oh. He's figured it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, that's why he was a top 100 recruit because, you know, you got to remember about Prince as part of the being lost thing is kid never, I mean, the kid played everywhere in high school. I mean, he played as a junior, he was a thousand yard wide receiver. Think about that. As a senior, they moved him to running back and he rushed for almost 2,000 yards. There was no structure to what he did defensively. He's like, let's put Prince wherever he can to make a play. Right. Everything was kind of new for him last year. Yeah, and it took him some time. I don't believe he was not an early enrollee, correct? I do not believe. I don't so, believe no. he was. So, like that was his first Why? semester on yeah. campus. Yeah, yeah exactly. he's now going to be kind of going into semester two. And from what I have been told, Vince, and I don't know if you've heard this as well, the people I've talked to said he is crushing it in the weight room. Like he is really getting after it in the weight room, and has has had a great winter. And I I think that a lot of these veteran returning linebackers know, hey, there's some dudes coming in behind you. So you better pick it up. You better get going. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, and from what I've heard, he's had a really good weight room session. Now that's that's one step, but right. great weight room work doesn't mean you can read a defense and know what to do here, know what to do there, and be gap assignment correct here, and you know, know how to know, know how to handle when the backs to your side, when the backs away, when the receivers are six yards off the tackle or eight yards off the tackle, or you know, how do you handle bunch, how do you handle this, you know, all these different things. That's all part of the mental game of playing linebacker. I don't know if Prince is going to be ready for that yet, but man, he's got the physical tools and he can strike. I think that mm -hmm. was probably this, the, the thing that surprised me last year is his technique taking on blocks was, but he would strike. Yeah. I mean, he showed heavy hands. He showed that pop. He just now has to learn how to, okay, lock, disengage. The nuances of right? the position. Because like you said, he in high school, he, he didn't get coached that no. way. Was hey man, we need him to make a play. We're gonna put and, him over and here. Got no, that's no criticism of high school coach. The high right. school's coach's job is to to win football yeah, games absolutely. and teach you know develop young people as young people. I don't. Yes. It's not to do whatever Notre Dame needs him to do to, right. to help Notre Dame. That's not his job. 100%. It's his job to maybe a kid that's good enough to play at Notre Dame to get recognized Notre Dame. But his job is to win high school football games, or he doesn't have a job anymore. In right. Most places. So I, it, this is not a criticism of. of Prince's high school coach or program at all. It's just, but it's just the reality. Yeah. And now he's going to have a year where it's like, okay, here's where you play and here's what you're going to do and, and those type of things. And so I, I think the tools there, I, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if he forces his way onto the field this year. And, and looking, if Bo Bauer doesn't, if Bo Bauer doesn't step up, not only does he have to worry about the freshmen that we talked about, it, depending on what happens with some other players at will, it, Prince Colley could maybe say, hey, okay, you don't want to get the job done? I got this. Yeah, exactly. Okay? But that's the big question mark, though, Vince, is because we have the same criticism of the of the number twos right now at both positions. Can he be – well, really, three of the four players at, at, at linebacker we've talked about, with Marist as well, can they be assignment correct? That's right. the big question mark because what you can't be is you can't be a defense that makes a lot of plays but gives up a lot of big plays. And, and what you – when this defense is where 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 Marcus Freeman and Al Golden are going to want it to be, they're going to make a lot of plays, but not give up a lot of big plays. That's what an elite defense does. The last couple of years, even in 2020, this defense would make plays, but then they would give up plays. Yeah, and that's been the issue. And and that they got to lim eliminate those mistakes. Sure. It's a very talented defense, and at, at I'd say ten of the eleven positions, nine of the eleven positions, I love the talent in some ways better than last year but can you can you be can you be disciplined can you be assignment correct can you limit the big plays that's going to be the big difference for this group this year no no question and I, I, look i i am i feel like prince is going to find his way on the field somewhere somehow and he's going to make an impact um but this is a big year for him because like you said he got some spot time and you know he clearly was developing as the season progressed. And I like where he was by the time they got to the end of the season. So this is a big off season for him. This is a big, this is his first spring. Um, and so this is a big spring for him. And then moving into the fall, the coaches are going to get him on the field. I, I just feel like he's going to force the issue 
somewhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's going to get on the right. field and he's going to make plays. And, and right. you know, it's just going to be the beginning of a lot of youth moving mm-hmm. forward. You yeah. know, let's move to the Rover position, Brian, and talk about that because, you know, Jack Kaiser was, was the Rover last year. Obviously he returns. It, I mean, he wasn't the Butkus Award winner, right? I mean, he had some big shoes to fill. Nor was he ever going to do it. Yes, exactly just right. Different t- player, same position, different type of player. I mean, he was never going to do the things that um, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa did. And and if anybody expected him to be the second coming of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, that they don't know what they're Nobody did, so we can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sure. I, I know we didn't, but I'm just putting it out there. Um, so he comes back, right? Mm-hmm. What, where does the rover position, is there going to be a rover position? I assume that there oh, is. Yeah. You know, what is that going to look like moving forward? You know, one, one of the things we talked about was the lack of steady play like last year at times at certain from certain guys. Jack was kind of the opposite, right? Other than he gave up a couple plays, which is going to happen. And then he had the big pick against, you know, he had the big pick against Wisconsin and then the big pick against Georgia Tech, you know, which is kind of more about the D-line forcing the ball. He didn't make a ton of plays last year, but if you go back and watch Jack, he was one of the more steady players they had, you know, and and now he's got to clean things up, right? He was always kind of where he needed to be, but a lot of times he was where he needed to be a step late. Sure. And that comes from, again, being really in his first year as a starter, kind of second year in the rotation, you know, playing Rover, he didn't. He was playing a lot of Will the year before, if you remember when he got in the game. Oh yeah, and and so he's got to raise his level of play. He's got you. you yes, yeah, Steady is nice, but that's the one position at Rover where you need to, more of a playmaker. And he doesn't have the ideal size that they like. They, they you know, they're, they're Marcus Freeman is a lot like what Mike Elko was. He wanted a rover that was like 6'3". Like Kyle Hamilton really is the ideal rover. That body type is really the ideal rover for what they like, which is why they like Samuel and Pemba in there in the 2024-3 class and why they like Tamir Robinson there who's like 6'4". You know, it's why they – you know, Jalen Sneed's only 6'1 and a half. He's got really long arms. It's why they liked Nolan Ziegler there, although I think he may start off at will uh, here to start things off, but he's a will rover kind of guy. Jack doesn't have that, so he has to be even more – on with what he has to do yeah again very steady player knows you need to be good athlete better athlete than given credit for but when you're as when you lack the size for because the size is even more important to rover because he's in space so much right and he's got to cover so much he's got to improve there but i I think jack's going to get better just because of the experience and he's a smart kid he's a hard worker He's a good athlete. All those things are true. He's got to clean up his assignments a little bit, just like normal. Just get where you need to get to sooner. But I think he's a steady player. It just, just that that lack of length, though, to me is a little bit of of the concern. But my my questions are over more about just how they're going to use it against certain teams as opposed to can Jack handle the job or not that that that's a little bit of a different a different deal for me and then you know then the, the other position at Rover is Jordan Patelho and that's one of the biggest enigmas on the roster Vince is Jordan Patelho because <laughs> I'll, I'll pull this up then because yeah. Garth had a super chat thank you Garth this is Brian or Vince where do you guys see Patelho if Bauer cannot perform could you see Patelho as a backup Mike Moving one and undi- replacing one undisciplined player with another undisciplined player who's also undisciplined off the field because yeah, that's the thing. Bo is going to do everything right off the field that you need him to do, right? Jordan Patelho is undisciplined on and off the field. That's not the answer. Right. And, and look, Jordan, Jordan is 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 a frustrating player. I'm just going to come out and say it. He's a real frustrating player because he has tremendous talent, but he's got his head so far up his you know what that it just drives me crazy. If I could tell y'all half the stuff that I hear about his events, you know it, right? About his offseason, it's like sometimes you're like, dude, that's the All-American talent. And then other times you're like, why is he even on the team? Right. Right? Like he has to grow up. It's I'm just going to say, I'm going to call him out right now. He's got to grow up. He's got an opportunity at the University of Notre Dame to be special. But there are things that are more important to him than football and school and doing things the right way. That's priorities, the reality of it, priorities are right? not in the right order. And and that. so you say, where, where look, I don't care where you play Jordan Patelho. He can play Rover. He could play Mike. 
He could play Will. He could play Viper. That's how good he is. I mean, think about that. He could play Viper just as effectively as he can play Rover. How many how many players uh, wow. in the country can do that? Yeah, right. right. Not many. And and that's also what makes him so flipping frustrating because he's <laughs> wasting that talent. Yeah. Because what y'all don't understand is at especially a place like Notre Dame, if I'm not gonna, if I can't guarantee that you're gonna be here tomorrow because you make such poor choices. I can't put you in the starting lineup, especially at a Mike linebacker position or a rover or somewhere else. I got to know that you're going to be here tomorrow. It's easier for me to replace a rotation guy than it is a starter who does something that get him in trouble. If Jordan can grow up and mature and say, you know what? All these things that I think are important aren't as important. This is an opportunity that I'm pissing away. If he can get that through his head, and and finally grow up, which has happened before. We've seen guys like Jordan, young in their career, do stupid things, and then they grow up, and next thing you know, wow, like that's a big time player. If he can do that, he he is a game changer. I mean, that's the kind of talent he has. Whether it's Rover, Mike, Will, whatever, that's the biggest key for me when it comes to Jordan Bazzello. So before we even talk about where does he play and all that stuff, and I appreciate the super chat, Garth. It doesn't matter if he right. until he grows up. And and if he does that, holy moly, it doesn't matter where then it doesn't matter where you play him because he's gonna make plays wherever you go. And that that's the key. And that's also, like I said, why I get so frustrated. Absolutely with him. You know, and then you know, then there's the freshman Vince. Yes, right. Yeah. And one recruiting in the country, right? Yeah. I mean, best linebacking class in the country, in my opinion. You've got Jalen Sneed is a guy that you know they're they're gonna force feed at Rover. I don't expect I expect him to be really up and down as in the spring because it he's another guy. He played edge, he played inside, he played out, he played all over, he was never able to settle into one spot. He's got elite talent, but he's got to learn how to play, right? And they played him a quarterback last year. So he's gonna make some mistakes this spring, but he's also gonna make some plays. They're gonna force the issue with him at Rover. Uh, you, Nolan Ziegler is going to be a Rover Will kind of guy. I think he's going to get some time at Will. Uh, he's the guy more than anybody that's had the best winter of the l- freshman linebackers because he's getting after in the weight room too, but he's also killing it in the speed. So like that, him and Jade Mick are the two guys that I've heard, like they're surprised how fast they are. Like they're faster than they thought they were going to be. And so he's had a great uh, winter so far. He's going to get a chance this spring to do some things. And then you've got junior to and Josh Burnham at Mike. So, that you've you're gonna have freshmen everywhere, yeah. and, and the message is gonna be clear. Marcus Freeman told all four of those kids when he recruited them, "Do not come here thinking you're going to redshirt. I want you to come here thinking you're going to play, and I want you to battle the older guys and veterans because I'm gonna play the best guys. I don't care what grade they're in or whatever else. We're gonna play our best guys, Love and that that's message. the mindset he told all four of those guys. And so they're gonna get that chance. And so. If you're a veteran and you're not doing things the right way or you're not assignment correct or you're not missing tackles or whatever else, there's not going to be any hesitation to say, hey, look, I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to take, if I'm going to get beat, I'm going to at least get beat with the most talented player on the field. Yep. And, and it's as simple as that. And, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's, it, it's, and that's also where the length and the speed and the, and the depth, this is going to be a much deeper group this year because of the freshmen. It's and Maris coming back. I mean, so you're gonna have five new guys. I mean, we talked about you lose Drew White, you lose Shane Simon, you lose Paul Moala, and you lose Isaiah Pryor. That four man group, you're replacing it with Maris Lewifow, Jalen Sneed. Again, what's off the roster now, what's on it? Because I don't count Maris as being on the roster last year because he was hurt all year. You replace yeah. that with Maris Lewifow, Jalen Sneed, Josh Burnham, Nolan Ziegler, and Junior Two Alamaka. That's an upgrade. It is. With all due respect to those other guys, that's an upgrade. And, um, you know, the, the my optimism for the linebacking core is high. And I've been very pessimistic in a lot of the things I've said here because there are a lot of questions. And our job is to give you an honest assessment of where the group is now. And right now, there's a ton of questions. However, I kind of, in the, in the pit of my stomach, have this, oh, man, this could also be really good. Be I just need fun. to see it. That's the yeah. big thing. I need if Jordan. I mean, here's it's a lot of it. If Jordan Bitaho matures, if Bo Bauer becomes more disciplined, if JD Bertrand continues, take, if Maris is what we think he is, if if the freshman, if Prince, there's all these ifs. Yeah, all those things. Good yeah. lord, there's a chance that your ninth linebacker this year could be Nolan Ziegler or Junior Tui Alamaka or jo, you know, I mean, think about that. 
I mean, this is a loaded group. They just have to start playing to their talent level. Agreed. That's the key. And I think the, the depth of talent this year is going to create more of a urgency for veteran players. Hey, man, if you don't want to step up, that's cool. You know, you want to act like a knucklehead. You want to be assignment correct. That's fine. Hey, Jalen, get in there. Right. Hey, Nolan, get in there. Hey, Burnham, Jr., get in there. Hey, Prince, get in there. You know what I mean? And that's the exciting thing about it. And it's a great, it's a great tool to have for a coach. It's oh, a great tool to have for a coach. All right, you. cool. That's cool. You're a senior. It's all good. I, you want to go on spring break and have fun. You want to come back here and you'll think you're going to need the first week to kind of get back in shape after a rough spring break. That's cool. You go get you go get your you go get yourself back together over there on the sidelines. I'm going to put this freshman in who was, you know, who's working out the whole spring break. Okay, right. that's cool. You know. Yep. So uh, it's, it's going to make for a fun group. So a lot of potential, but a lot of questions. How many of those questions get turned into answers by the end of the spring is going to go a long way to determine just how good this group can be. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.